This is Saving the Game, a Christian podcast about tabletop role-playing and collaborative storytelling. Recorded August 20th of 2017, it's bonus episode 12. In this episode, a bonus episode we recorded back in August. Hey folks, Grant here. It's right before Christmas here at the end of 2017, and between some personal problems various hosts have had, my traditional awful Christmas cold ruining my voice right around recording time, and the general stress of the holidays, we didn't actually manage to record an episode like we intended. It's the first episode we've missed in years, unfortunately. Thankfully, Jenny and Peter recorded a backup episode all the way back in August. We'll be back as usual in two weeks to discuss large-scale combat and games, since that's the topic our Patreon supporters voted for this quarter, as well as Patreon itself and a few other things. But for now, enjoy this bonus content, and Merry Christmas. Welcome to a bonus episode of Saving the Game. I'm Peter. And I'm Jenny. And Grant is not uh, with us this evening, as he has other obligations. And it's only a bonus episode, so it's it's not going to be as long or... or I don't think as detailed as, as we frequently get yeah, into. Yeah, we're, we're thinking this will probably be about half the length of one of our usual episodes. So if we if we manage to do this right and not go off on a lengthy tear, <laughs> uh, we'll probably be done with this one in about half an hour. So mm-hmm. uh, also because this is a bonus episode, um, we're going to kind of skip over our usual intro stuff. We're going to kind of stick this one in the can so it needs to be somewhat timeless. Mm-hmm. So... No intro stuff, no Patreon question. We're just going to go straight into our scripture and our topic here, and I I don't know how to handle this, actually, so... Uh, Maybe we should preface by saying that, at least with this type of bonus episode, we're going to be going into, I guess, a kind of series, but not like a uh, one after the other after the other series, more just like a thing that we do when we need something to fill in a gap of time. Or, or something like yeah. that. So we're going to be starting off uh, with biblical figures, and we're going to be talking about uh, Joseph of the Old Testament today. So our yes, readings Joseph, are going to be Joseph, son from of Jacob. Yes. So speaking of scripture, if you want to read the entire story of Joseph or read it again, it is found in Genesis from uh, chapter 31, verse 1 through chapter 50, verse 26. (laughs) It is a very good story, which is why we are starting off with this one, because, hey, if you're going to do a series of bonus episodes, you might as well go straight for the good stuff. Yep. Uh, I also know that uh, DreamWorks did a fairly good movie adaptation of it that they did after uh, The Prince of Egypt, which told Moses' story. If I recall correctly, the title is uh, Joseph and the Coat of Many Colors, but I may be misremembering that. We can put it in the show notes later. And with any luck, maybe we'll all get invited to talk about that with uh, the Gameable podcast if they ever get around to it. Yeah. And that'll probably produce roughly 17 hours of content, because that seems (laughs) to be how things go when we talk to them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, I um, wish I was joking, but I'm kind of not. Yeah. I think I spent five hours talking about Batman with them. Oh, the my Batman, goodness the gracious. animated series thing. Yeah. I've actually got um, a friend, uh, a local friend here, uh, Dylan, who got to talk with them about Over the Garden Wall. And yeah. Uh, I just finished listening to those episodes. That was such good content. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, uh, Dylan is or, or was my GM for... 
like the first couple months when I was living here. So, wow, the world is tiny. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so I can start off with Genesis chapter 37, verses 26 to 28. All right. Judah asked his brothers, what will we gain by killing our brother and covering up his death? Let's sell him to the Ishmaelites. Let's not hurt him because he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. As the Midianite merchants were passing by, the brothers pulled Joseph out of the cistern. They sold him to the Ishmaelites for eight ounces of silver. The Ishmaelites took him to Egypt. And this is Genesis fifty twenty. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So, should we summarize the uh, story of Joseph, or should we dig right in, do you think? I think we should at least summarize it, because, I mean, we do have listeners who may or may not have heard the whole story. Okay. So, yeah, I, I can take it, because I, I literally just finished reading the whole story. I was, I was going to say, you've been studying this for church, so why don't you take this one if you don't mind? Yeah. So, basically, it starts off with Joseph, around 17 years old. He is the favorite son of Jacob. And he has, oh my goodness, how many brothers does he have? <sighs> I think it, I think point? it's 10 at the at the time at the beginning of the story and then yeah. he gets another one later. Yeah, I, I, it's it's also it's also noteworthy that he doesn't let the other brothers forget that he's the favorite, which yeah. is where the problems start. Uh-huh. So, it basically starts off with him telling on his brothers to his dad and his dad also has made him a really fancy robe. And, and it's like this symbol of status for Joseph. He is very, very proud of this robe. And so his brothers get really sick of, of the baby of the family being the favorite. And so they basically uh, toss him into a pit, steal his robe, kill a goat and spread its blood on the cloak to make it look like, like Joseph died violently, like a horrible death to some creature out in the wilderness. And... Uh, they sell him to Ishmaelites uh, as a slave, and those Ishmaelites then sell him to the Egyptians. At this point, he is a ser- like, like a slave or a servant in, I-, I think it was a fairly high up h- household. I think he was the, the head of the guard, actually. Okay, okay. Let me look Potiphar up real quick here, but I think he was the head of the guard. Yeah. Anyway, while he's working there, he gets wrongly accused or falsely accused of uh, sexual assault and is thrown in prison, where he meets two former servants of the pharaoh. And he interprets- Potiphar was the captain of the guard, by the way. Captain of the guard. Okay. Continue on. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so- uh, these two servants have strange dreams and they're trying to figure them out. And uh, Joseph is able to interpret their dreams for them and says that one of these former servants will be elevated back to the status of servanthood where the other will be executed. And it'll happen in three days. So sure enough, three days later, uh, the, the, the dreams come true. And then two years later, the uh, servant who is elevated to proper status again Here's that the king is having trouble interpreting these these two strange dreams and says, hey, I know a guy. <laughs> and um, so Joseph is uh, brought before the, the pharaoh and interprets the two dreams as one dream with uh, the same message uh, that there will be seven years of bountiful harvest, but then seven years of famine. And then at this point, he is elevated to be essentially in charge of the land of Egypt. Like, this is a huge amount of responsibility that he has been saddled with. 
And during it's also this worth time, noting that while he was back in prison, he's kind of made into a deputy warden too. Yeah, yeah. Like he he keeps having little bits of responsibility, or or and like put or on vast him gradually larger and larger. So so just like slowly works his way up up ranks very very easily. It's also mentioned in in uh, the readings that he is physically attractive and charismatic. So it it's easy for him to be put in places of power. And so uh, he is made in charge of the land. During this time, the people of the land of Canaan, so basically his family, uh, are starving because there's no food. And so they come to him for help. They don't recognize him, but he recognizes them and puts them through several tests, uh, during which time they have no clue who he is until they come back uh, for, I think, a third time to get more food. And... He can't take it anymore. Like, he's been breaking down crying this whole time that they've been there having to, like, hide himself away to keep himself from crying. And he he can't take it anymore. And he's like, hey, guys, I'm your brother. And uh, at this point, he has a younger brother now who he starts treating, like, very, very favor- favorably. And so uh, it's it's basically this this huge reunion. And then at the end, Jacob is able to bless Joseph's sons as though... They were were raised in a Jewish setting, and he puts the youngest brother ahead of the uh, oldest brother in terms of inheritance, I believe, at that point, or in terms of importance of some kind. And that's basically the story of Joseph in less of a nutshell than I was hoping. I actually dragged that out a fair amount, but uh, it's okay. Yeah, it's a long story. It's a good story. Mm-hmm. Um. There's a there's a lot of very cool detail that, you know, we had to skip over for reasons of time. Yeah. Uh, I I would say probably in terms of like just compelling narratives in the Old Testament, it's probably one of the two or three best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, there's a reason why this has been adapted into so many other forms of media. It's been made into a musical. It's mm-hmm. it's a really fantastic story. It's a it's a family story. Like, that's the thing. It's a story about. A family and the various members of the of, of this family. Like, I only talked about the bits of the passages that really talk about Joseph. Like, there there's so much more to this story that deals with the rest of his family. Um, it's it's very yeah, it's interesting. interesting. Like, you know, at the beginning, some of his brothers you know want to kill him, and the other ones talk him out of that. And one of them has like this sneaky plan to rescue him after he's thrown into the cistern, and then the other ones sell him off. And mm-hmm. it, there's like this whole intrigue thing there that's really cool. And yeah, yeah it's it's a it's a neat story. Yeah. But we're a gaming podcast, so let's start mining this thing for gaming material. Yes. Obviously, there's a bunch of cool themes in here, right? You got pride at the beginning, which gets Joseph into this whole mess of trouble mm-hmm. uh, in the first place. Uh, there's the whole trauma and betrayal thing. Uh, there's quite a bit of forgiveness at the end as he yeah. unites with his family, and he kind of... It, it's worth noting that he really messes with them for oh, a yeah. while. Oh, yeah. Like he he milks their their unrecognition of him for all it's worth. Like he messes with yeah. them so hard. I think the I think the only instance of somebody being messed with more in the Bible is perhaps the book of Jonah where God just messes with Jonah constantly. I you know what? I'm going to say that this was more messy. Like it it's just so like you're going to get in legal trouble. Oh, wait, no, you're not. Oh, no, yeah, you're back in true. legal trouble. Oh, wait, no, 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 never mind. You're not in legal trouble anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> Those are definitely the two top contenders, however yeah. you want to define it, but yeah. And we'll probably get to Job at some later point in this series. Yep. Uh, there is definitely a redemption arc here, um, mm-hmm. both for Joseph in some ways as he kind of grows out of his pride and into maturity and then uh, winds up becoming this very admirable figure towards the end of the story, but also for his family who comes around and reconciles with him. So that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Yeah. There's the theme of um, the worst thing never being the last thing, uh, which is kind of summed up by our second scripture passage from this episode. Mm -hmm. But I think the two biggest ones that I really want to latch on to here are dream interpretation, because he does a lot of that and it's very interesting. Yeah. And kind of the whole responsibility of management and the fact that he's kind of a natural authority figure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's actually a, a Pathfinder module that gets really deep into that theme, um, and it's called, the I think it's the Kingmaker series. Uh, my boyfriend played, like, a full campaign of that, and, like, they started off as, like, regular nobles, and by the end, they have the responsibility of an entire kingdom on their shoulders. And so that one, that particular module is a really good resource if you want to get into that in in, in your games just yeah, that one's that kind of almost right off the bat. famously good for that i yeah. i've heard so much good stuff about that i'll have to check that out one of these days mm-hmm. yeah it actually got to the point for uh tyler at least where he has like written up huge backstories for like the lineage of his character it, it's like you get it is it naturally draws you into kingdom management and and royal lineage and stuff like that um it's very, very interesting. So this kind of flows into something else that I, I think works well if we're using Joseph as, a, as an example here, and that's you can still have a really good story without a huge element of violence. Yeah. Because there's really not much in Joseph's story. He's he's not a warrior of really any stripe as far as we can tell. I mean, he might have been, but there's no reference to it in any, no. of, this, and any he, of the passages. He seems to slip by on charisma. He's a bard. Joseph's yeah. a bard. I'm calling it right here. Like, he charms people. He charms people and he helps them generally to his own benefit, might I add. But sometimes to his own detriment. Yeah, that's that's true. But I'm, it, I'm, it, the yeah. thing is, it's like he's a lawful good bard, at least by the time he's working in Potiphar's house. Yeah. Yeah. By the time he's working in Potiphar's house. Before that, I'd say I'd say neutral good. But, you know, I'm uh, not sure I'd even give him good actually i think yeah. i'd probably give him tr- true neutral to start out <laughs> with and he becomes lawful good through adversity yeah yeah which i suppose is something else that you could take for your gaming you know you have yeah. you have characters that kind of go through the refining fire and become better people than they started out as mm-hmm. yeah um i know that uh with at least uh some of the campaigns i've seen the players don't get to choose their own alignments for that the, the game master controls their alignments, and when the game master has decided, all right, your redemption arc is coming to a point where you can go from neutral to a good alignment. Yeah, like, I've seen you acting in these certain ways, and I think you are slowly redeeming yourself. You get to be good now. And I, 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 th- I think, I personally think that's a really good system when you want your character co- to go through a redemption arc, when you want to explore that part of your character. I think it's a good thing. Obviously, your mileage may vary, but I think it's yeah. Cool. I I think it can be cool for a more gradual one. Although yeah. I don't want to uh, 
I, okay, I, I reference this probably once about every four episodes or so, and I'm <laughs> going to do it again. If if any of you listeners have some drinking or food consumption game or something, take a bite or a drink or whatever, because I'm going to talk about the scene with Jean Valjean and the bishop again. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that, that wonderful scene at the beginning of Les Mis where Jean Valjean is this recently let out of prison convict. He you know goes and stays at this convent. He steals the silver, punches the bishop who discovers him in the process out in the process, gets hauled back by the guards and the bishop, corroborates his story that uh, he was given the silver, adds more to it, and then tells him that he has done this to purchase him back from the ways of evil. It's a very nice Christus Victor uh, image. <laughs> I maintain that the way that that particular redemption arc, arc worked especially given the way the rest of that particular creative work proceeds from there, he walked into that initial encounter, probably, I don't know, chaotic neutral or something and walked yeah. away neutral. Good. Mm -hmm. Like there's that scene in the, um, the 1990s movie version of it where the Bishop actually reaches up and pulls the hood away from his face and, you know, brings his, his face into the sunlight. And it's like at, that's kind of like the symbolic redemption moment, and he walks mm -hmm. away as a good guy from there. Yeah. It's it's this profound experience, but it doesn't always work that way. A lot of the time yeah. it's hard work and people slowly making themselves better. Mm -hmm. Either I'm, can I'm, work. Yeah, and I'm, I am such a sucker for that kind of story. I, I have not actually gotten to play in a campaign long enough to do that for my own character, but it is a, a type of arc that I greatly admire, and it's it's really well illustrated in uh, Joseph's story. Yeah, it can be very powerful around the table, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. In a okay, big way. Okay, so um, we've got some other stuff here that we should probably touch on, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah. So there, there are a bunch of really interesting bits of setting that you can take from the uh, readings. There's the whole jail setting, which is pretty common. And... Uh, it it's sort of this story shows that jail isn't necessarily like a a plot prison like you you aren't you know stuck in in like just you're not you know, an alcatraz you're not shoved into a tiny little cell the door's locked and you're left there until your sentence is up yeah like you can still do things there are still plenty of plot things that you can do a lot of stuff can happen in a prison like if if it's the kind of of show that you enjoy, Orange is the New Black is a good one for that, because there there's a lot of it, it's not political in the sense of like the prison system being corrupt or whatever. Like it's political in that jail creates factions, and that can be a really interesting thing to play out if that's something that you're willing to explore. Uh it's it's important to note that Joseph was sort of like a, a secondary warden. He was in charge of other people in the prison. Th that can be an incredibly... That that can leave a target on your back. Although one gets the impression it didn't do that with Joseph, because even the yeah. other inmates were coming to him for advice. So that's yeah. kind of an interesting thing about him in particular. And that is like, yeah, both the authorities and the other people that are locked up kind of like this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is really interesting. Also, Peter, you've got written down desert cisterns, which I don't entirely understand the context of, because for me, cistern means, like, 
something to do so, with plumbing. So I don't entirely yeah, understand so, that one. Uh, um, some of the some of the translations have that Joseph was chucked into the cistern out in the desert, and it's like, why are these cisterns out in the desert? <laughs> I'm I'm sure there was a very good reason, but it's like. That's not something that you normally think of as being in the desert. So this is a, a like an ancient civilization feature. I'm mm-hmm. honestly not even sure what these were used for. And yeah. because we're doing a shorter episode, we don't really have time for research or that sort of thing. So first of all, if one of the um, listeners knows exactly what these were for, please leave it in the comments. That sounds yes. very interesting. Second, you don't necessarily have to explain what some of these weird things are for in mm-hmm. a setting to include them. Yeah. If you've got a group of characters trekking through some ruined civilization and they're out in this desert area and they start coming across these big empty swimming pools, basically out in the <laughs> desert, these big round things. It's like, what was that used for? Why is that there? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. And like simultaneously, some of the best and some of the worst advice i've ever been given for like making a setting for your game is like figure out why everything is in its place and it's like sometimes it's just not that deep sometimes things are just things and that's how they are and the players don't need to know everything and not everything has to be logical so (laughs) well and especially the older your archaeology gets the more mysterious structures start to become Mm -hmm. you know i mean they, they found um a while ago they found like some ancient ancient building in africa with a bunch of curved walls and they're like what was this used for (laughs) it's thousands of years old we'll never know most likely but it's uh, sure interesting yeah uh let's see here do we have anything else that we want to touch on about joseph not in particular the the rest of the stuff that we've got written down here we've sort of touched on throughout the rest of the episode so i think i think we're actually uh pretty okay all right um well, like I said, this was going to be a shorter one. Mm-hmm. Uh, listeners, I would love to hear what you think of any of this, and I'm sure Jenny and Grant would too. Yes. Um, so please engage with us in the comments. And, please do. And uh, while you're at it, tell us which biblical figure you'd like us to tackle next. We have a pretty good list of them, but we would definitely be willing to shuffle those around yeah. and or pick different ones if there was listener interest to... I- uh, I would also like love to talk about some of the stuff in the Apocrypha, because some of that stuff is wild. Um, so if you want to hear about any of that, I am down to tackle that. Yeah, I got to track myself down a copy of that. Yeah. Having come from kind of a, an evangelical background as a kid, I don't really have any yeah. of those Bibles sitting uh, around. So The number of Bibles in this house is ridiculous. <laughs> Just because like my mom went to Bible school and was like, Oh, hey, here are all of these options for translations. Oh, hey, what's the Apocrypha? So, yeah, we've ended up with a lot of Bibles in this house. This sounds entirely consistent with what I know of your mother. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks, I think on that note, we're going to leave you for this one. So Mm -hmm. uh, take care. And uh, at some point, we'll be back with another one of these. All righty. See ya. This has been a production of Saving the Game. All episodes are produced and published under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution, share-alike license. Our logo is by Ruben Smith Zimple of 3d6design.com. Our music is The Promised Place Beyond the Clouds by James Opie. You can find more of his music at nihilor.com. To hear our past episodes, to find syndication and license details, to connect with our fantastic listener community, 
or to contact us or support our show through Patreon, visit our website at stgcast.org or savingthegamepodcast.org. God bless, do good, and happy gaming.